This is the Not So Little Librarian podcast for readers, peer reviewed research, and fan fiction alike. I'm your host, Catherine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not So Little Librarian podcast. I'm so excited to be recording. It's been about two weeks since the last time I sat down with my husband and best friend Cal to record episode five of the Not So Little Librarian podcast, which was a very fun, upbeat, not-so-appropriate episode. So I'm toning it down, bringing it back to grounding this episode in something a bit more concrete that is library-related, which is a day in the life of a school library technician. I'm going to be talking about some of the plans that my coworker and I made for this year, what we had been working on last week, and some of the pretty much run-of-the-mill things that maybe you might be interested in, or maybe it's something that will spark a discussion because it's something that my district does that another district doesn't do, or they have some other program or service in place. So it's going to be interesting, I think, I hope. (laughs) I decided to do an In the Library episode after putting out a poll on Instagram, and it was a very close call, but In the Library won. So the next episode to go up in about two weeks will be a grad school episode. So if you are looking forward to one of those types of conversations, one of those topics, please tune in then and look forward to that. But in the meantime, hello everyone. I am a library technician at a middle school and I went back after summer break just this last Monday. So it's been a full week. Both my coworker and I talked very briefly after we got back and it was our first day. She'd already been at work for two hours. I was just coming in, but obviously, as coworkers do, you need to discuss how your summer went, how everything was. And both of us just kind of mentioned that we had spent the summer sleeping and recuperating after what was such a fucking hectic year. I can't even imagine how students feel because it's one thing to have to go through this whole in-person, hybrid, online combo, switching around, no plans are concrete, no one really knows what's going on, everything's up in the air when it's your job. But when it's school, I feel like that would be so much more uh, stressful. Because when I was in school, I was one of those people that had to have like my planner, my agenda filled out, I had to have all my stuff together. I'm actually very much still like that. I have a planner still. But the point is, like, when you're that age, when you're, whether you're six or you're 18, if you're in school in this structured environment, it really should be structured. It has been every other year. And last year was very much not like that. Same as the semester before, so the beginning of 2020. That being said, my district is fully in person as of right now. There is the option for students and families who do not feel comfortable going back yet, so there is the virtual option still for those people. But everyone else is on campus. Teachers are on campus. Staff are on campus. I am on campus. Students will be going back on Monday. So we started on Monday, which is just a week before students go back. 
And we had those five days to kind of prepare. I don't really think there's any preparing for what was to come. Uh, but because things were so different in May and not every student was in person, a lot were virtual still, and a lot of families did not feel comfortable bringing their students on campus or returning devices, returning textbooks in person at that time. Some of them couldn't. There were a lot of notes that were sent out over summer. A lot of letters saying, hey, heads up, your student owes this or this or this. So while we have the most fantastic, I love her, district teacher librarian who actually checked in all of the resources and all of the books and all of the textbooks while my coworker and I were on vacation, because obviously we were not paid for that month and a half, so we didn't do work. The district teacher librarian actually did all of that. She checked all of that in. So our job was so much easier when we came back, but it was still so much. So many students returned things. There were so many textbooks that had been lost and so many library books that had been marked lost for a year, year and a half. A lot of Chromebooks that had come back that were damaged or that needed to be swapped. A lot of MiFi devices that were going to be deactivated in just a couple weeks here that students had to return. So the library was a fucking mess. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this is something that a lot of people who work in any sort of office setting will relate to right now. Um, I had seen this tweet. I don't even remember who it was from, but it was probably in July, August of last year, 2020. And someone had revisited their office at their library and found their coffee cup that they had been planning on washing the next day. And it was just, who, not, not sanitary, just throw it away. There's no cleaning that. Um, and that really, really reminds me of the state that we found the library in. And again, this is no one's fault. I'm so very grateful for our district teacher librarian who took the time to check everything in. So that wasn't the first thing we had to do last Monday when we walked in. But there were just piles beyond piles beyond piles of things in the library. And the bad part was it wasn't even that they were things that belonged in the library necessarily. The library had just kind of become this storage unit over summer where there was not storage anywhere else on campus. I know this to be true because we just had a discussion about this with our principal, trying to find storage for history textbooks. So about a thousand history textbooks at that. Um, so I understand there's no storage, but someone or many people had turned the library into this place where they just threw boxes of shit and they did not come back to pick up their boxes of shit before my coworker and I came back. Again, I get it. There's a free spot. There is flat space. There is, I don't know, a couple square feet to set something and you know it's going to be safe and you know it's going to be there when someone gets back because no one's in that environment right then. But when my coworker and I got back and we were trying to sort through all of the textbooks and core novels and regular library books and laptops and MiFi's to try to figure out 
who had accounts that still needed to be cleared and who returned what because we did not individually check out chargers. There were no barcodes on that. We just kind of had to make notes as we were going. So it kind of got kind of got a bit sticky there for a bit. But when you're trying to do all of that, if there's a random ass box filled with something that you don't know what it is, and you don't know if someone turned this in by accident, you don't know where the fuck it came from, it's not great. <laughs> it's really not. Besides all of that, it was so great to go back to work. I had missed it so much. I had missed my coworkers. I had missed my coworker in the library. I had missed the school nurse who's right next door. I had missed seeing people on campus who say hi and smile, even though we don't really know each other's names yet. No one really cares right now. It's just nice to be back. That being said, it was nice to be back before there were students. This coming week, I have no idea what's in store. I know that we are going to be dealing with a lot of 7th grade students who are incoming 7th graders, so they're new to our middle school, who do not have devices. And our district is a one-on-one -on -one district now since COVID started up, so every student has a Chromebook checked out to them, which is absolutely fantastic. I really hope that this is something that more districts have switched to since COVID. I feel like at one point it was an absolute necessity. And for junior hires, high schoolers, I really see that as a necessary policy change. Every student really should just have a device of their own. Yes, there are going to be some issues with the damages. That was something we encountered so, so frequently last year, much too frequently. But you work out the kinks, and this slightly diminishes the accessibility gap. Every student should be getting the same resources. Every student is entitled to the internet to do their work and a device to do their work on. So many kids cannot sit down with a pencil and paper and just write out in an essay. I'm not good with that. I have to type. I can't handwrite things. Everything flows better if there's a keyboard in front of me and I can just kind of click-clack away for a while. And I think that there's this old-school mentality with some teachers where a pencil and paper is all that you need. It's like, no, everyone now has grown up with technology. The kids who are in school, K through 12 now, I'm going to venture out on a limb here and say that the majority of them grew up around technology. But for so many of these kids, they're adept at these technological skills and to expect them to switch from what they are used to, which is a computer device in some capacity, an iPad or a laptop or a desktop, whatever it is, to a pencil and paper, which is not something that even elementary schools now push for. It's really difficult and you can't ask that from this entire generation who's not used to it, just because previous generations had been. So, one-on-one -on -one devices, fantastic idea, lot of work for the library. But again, it's what's best for the students, and hopefully this will encourage students to develop their skills outside of school and not just use it for pornography or other things, which, I mean, I, that's going to be a problem anywhere kids playing video games, kids on YouTube watching inappropriate videos, there's just, there's a lot. And it's really sad that they take advantage of it like that. But 
hey, it's it's there. It's kind of to be expected that you're going to run into some speed bumps. Besides being excited to be back for the school year and struggling to accept that we are going to have a ton of work with Chromebooks and internet codes, etc., etc. this year, I am looking forward to several things. My coworker and I have planned a couple year-long events. The first one was actually a recommendation from our district teacher librarian. So let me back up a moment and say that I did not have this position at this middle school this time last year. I came in February. So I'd only been there from February to May. Before that, it had been a different library technician, and she moved on to a different school because elementary was her passion, and that was more aligned with the age group that she wanted to work with. So when a position opened up, she moved over and I took her spot. Before moving over, though, she and my coworker had actually undergone this huge project of genrefying the library, which I don't know if anyone is familiar with genrefication, but what it is, is taking all of the fiction books and organizing them not alphabetically, just in one large group, but breaking them down into subcategories, which are the genres, and then alphabetically within those genres. So you have realistic fiction, and it's broken down alphabetically by author last name, and then fantasy, and friendship, and sports, and historical fiction, and scary, and mystery, and adventure, and a few others. And they did this with thousands of books. I am so impressed with their work. It is insane, and I have so much respect for the fact that they did that during COVID-19, at its height, at its very peak. They went into work, took all of the books down, and did this while there were going to be no kids on campus. While students were not even supposed to go into the library at this time to switch out resources or anything like this, so they knew that they were going to be uninterrupted, and they undertook this amazing task that would be so beneficial to students who went to come in and search for a type of book without having to search for the individual book. So they don't have to go through the entire library. They can go to a section. You like scary books? Go to the scary section. You like sports books? Go to the sports section. You like um, graphic novels? Go to the graphic novels section. So they did this and I'm so, again, so appreciative and so in awe of the time that they took and the dedication that they had to get this done so quickly. So what our district teacher librarian recommended as a way to sort of introduce the library to these students, because pretty much none of the 7th and 8th graders have been on campus in the library. They might have walked through very briefly, but no students who are currently in 7th and 8th grade have spent any amount of time in the library. So as a way to introduce the library, and this amazing new genrefied uh, fiction collection to over a thousand students, we are doing a 10 genre challenge. And this is something that I'd kind of heard of. I'm a big bookworm. I know that's a fucking shock. 
I've seen something similar on like Goodreads, like reading challenges and reading clubs and stuff like that. So what it is, is that we have 12 genres and students will be picking 10 of those and reading a book from each of those 10 that they choose. And we mark it down as they read it. They have to give a very short summary, not even a summary, more like a book review. Like, this is what I liked about the book. I recommend this. Or this book was trash. No one should read this. Don't waste your time. And we are going to tape that up on our area, on our wall that is very blank and desolate right now, to beautify that area. And then they take a test. So a regular AR test, and they have to pass with 80% or above. And then they get to move on to the next genre. Once they finish the genres, they get a prize of some sort. This was approved by our principal last semester. We already submitted a list to our district to purchase some of these small things. So after each book that they finish, they pass the AR test and they submit their little short review. They get to choose a prize out of the prize box. And then that's just kind of an incentive to keep going because reading 10 books as a middle schooler, that's that's a lot. You you can't really expect everyone who tries to get to that point. And that's not really the point. We, we don't want to push everyone to finish if they're not going to be able to or if it's going to be too difficult. What we're trying to encourage is just to get people reading, to get people reading actively, which is where the review and the test come in, because anyone can read a book very quickly and not get anything out of it. But we want to turn these kids into skillful, mindful readers. A lot of them already are, which this is just hopefully going to be something fun for those students. But for the others who really just want to try, even if they finish one book, at least they get something out of the prize box. Our prizes already started arriving in the mail, so we got back from summer break and there were a few boxes. And it's like, oh, what are these? As a person does when they see an Amazon box, you go over there with the scissors and crank them open, and slice it open, and just kind of feel all giddy inside. Um, and that's what we did. And we saw like these tiny plushies and these tiny like colorful erasers and stuff. And it was so nice because I'm excited about this. And I hope that my excitement and my coworkers' excitement really just shines through like a fucking beam to these kids to attract them to the library because... Obviously, if we're not excited and we're not passionate about this, very few students would be. Hopefully, everything will just go well. It'll be good. It'll be good. The 10 genre challenge is one thing that we have planned. And for all of those who finish, again, they get their 10 small prizes, one for each book that they finish, and then they get one prize for finishing the challenge. And then the students, the top two students who read the most pages out of the 10 books combined will receive an additional prize as well that is actually quite large and that I was extremely surprised was approved for our budget because it had been mentioned to me that we might have to really push for some of the things budget-wise to get them approved. But because this was for the kids and because this is something that we're really hoping students will be excited about and passionate about and 
the top two spots, that's that's a really big deal. Top two students out of over a thousand kids who could potentially join this challenge. Not that everyone will. Oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. But I highly, highly doubt that even a quarter of them will. But to be one of the top two, that's a huge accomplishment. And so both of those large prizes were approved for our budget. And we haven't yet gotten those in. Um, I'm not going to mention them yet, just in case this gets out there and someone recognizes my voice and knows where I work. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's exciting. That's one of the things that we have planned for this year. And the other is something that I will be undertaking by myself, which is a book club. I have such mixed feelings about this. If any librarian listening has led a book club at their library, please reach out to me. Oh my goodness. Or if anyone listening has listened to an episode of a different podcast or seen a YouTube video or anything about someone's experience leading a book club for like middle school age, I would very much appreciate a link. DM me, send me a message on Twitter or Instagram. I'm on both. And you can find me at LibraryCast, that is L-I-T-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y-C-A-S-T. Please send links, send advice, send prayers, I don't know, anything that you have. Send it my way because this is definitely going to be different. So, to reiterate, if anyone has led a book club for students age 11 to 13, please, for the love of God, reach out. Even if it's not advice, just tell me I'm going to be okay and that this is not going to be terrible. <laughs> because I really feel like it's going to be fucking terrible. But, but, again, I have the support of my coworker, and while she's not going to be actively participating in this, she has voiced her support, and the district teacher librarian has voiced her support, and it's just, I'm surrounded by a lot of very supportive people who will not have hands in what is going on, but who will be there for advice on books and, I don't know, get to know you question stuff that people who have worked in a school for tens of years, as they have, are willing to offer to someone who is new, someone who does not know what the fuck is going on most of the time. So <laughs> I'm so grateful to have them in my corner. To be honest, I am rather scared. I know it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine because the people who join a book club are joining a book club because they like books. No one's going to force them to join the book club. I have not led discussions like this in person ever. I've done online book clubs. I have led uh, an Instagram book club where everything was via DM. So it was like a group chat setting. I've done lots of stuff like that. But driving a conversation and asking questions and actually sticking to the assigned readings because I will have to know what's going on in the chapters that we're discussing. It's gonna be good. I need to be optimistic. It's gonna be fucking terrifying, but it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, help me. But yeah, so I'll let you know how that goes. I will be keeping you updated. This is just the very first episode of In the Library. And it's just kind of introducing you to what I've been doing this last week and some of the major plans that we have for this school year. 
I look forward to talking to you in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. I am so grateful that I have around 10 active listeners who have been listening to every episode and I am fucking mind blown. Thank you so much if you have been listening to, even if this is your first episode, if you got to this point, thank you. That is amazing. You have the attention span of someone who has an attention span. Um, So I, I really appreciate it and I appreciate you dropping by here and listening and possibly coming back in two weeks. Hint, 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 hint. (laughs) Bye.